Welcome to All About Data on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jory Heckman. Thanks for joining me this week on All About Data. On today's episode, we're going to take a look at how agencies measure up using data and evidence for decision making. That's all based on an annual scorecard from Results for America. Here to talk about it is Nicole Dunn, Vice President of Federal Policy at Results for America. Nicole, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. And Nicole, let's just maybe take a step back here before we get into the real focus of this scorecard here. Just tell me how the scorecard came about and how long Results for America has been measuring and tracking this use of evidence in government. The Invest in What Works Federal Standard of Excellence began in 2013 with two federal agencies, and we now have nine federal agencies that continue to make progress with additional agencies we've been working with over the last year that are looking to onboard. So we will be having our 10th federal standard this coming year. Okay, great. And there's a lot to be excited about with this latest scorecard here. There are a number of agencies that got top marks in the gold certified category doing just this, just putting evidence and data-driven decision-making into practice here. What are some of those common themes of what these agencies were able to accomplish? And how can those agencies serve as a model for others who are maybe a little newer to this? Yeah, we did have three federal agencies gold certified this year, the Millennium Challenge Corporation, the U.S. Department of Education, and the U.S. Agency for International Development. I was also really excited that we had five federal agencies not far behind with silver certifications, AmeriCorps, Department of Labor, ACF and HHS, SAMHSA, and the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Uh, Many of those have moved up from bronze to silver this year. And really what these agencies all have in common is they have built a culture of learning in their organization that facilitates and sustains building evidence and using evidence and data to get better, more equitable results for the young people, families, and communities that they serve. A few good examples, MCC, has really just made accountability core to what they do and their organizational culture. They sustain this by their investment in research and evaluation, a strong focus putting 1.5% of their agency's budget towards evaluation. The Department of Education really stands out for its use of evidence. It has a strong evidence standard, which was defined in its Education Department General Administration regulations, its EDGAR regulations, and it incorporates that evidence standard as a selection criteria for its competitive grants. And this has led to all five of its largest competitive grants defining and prioritizing evidence. So another great example, the other gold leader, USAID, is really a leader in innovation and evaluation. It has been recognized for its use of competitions and challenges to spur innovation and engage non-traditional problem solvers. So really it is the common thread is this building a culture of using evidence to make programmatic and budget decisions to make sure we're seeing equitable outcomes for everyone that we intend to serve. 
what stands out to me in all of that is that not just that there are these top performers, which is exciting, but that, as you point out, the overall data literacy, the overall savviness around using evidence in policy seems to be improving, that the bronze agencies are becoming the silver agencies, the silver agencies are becoming the gold agencies. It seems like this is an example of uh, a rising tide raising all boats here. Yeah, that's a great point. We really hope the standard can also be not just to showcase this great work, but to use it as a roadmap. So as you said, there are 24 agencies that are CFO agencies that are working to implement the provisions of the Evidence Act that went into effect in 2019. And all of those agencies can use the examples in the federal standard of excellence um, when they're looking to improve their policies or practices or build their teams, look for examples of how to incorporate evidence into grant making. It can be a resource for them as well. Okay. And let's, you know, maybe put a finer point on that because the Evidence Act has really kind of set the foundation for so much of what we're talking about here, that this is not just a nice to have, this is one, something that agencies are required to do, but to look at this another way, how does this evidence and data-driven decision-making help agencies invest in what works within their day-to-day business? Yeah, I think the way I think about that is really in three parts. Build the evidence. So the Evidence Act really talks about what is the leadership, the policies, the practices, the structures you need to build the evidence, and then define the evidence. So how are we going to define evidence? What does evidence mean to this organization? And then use that evidence to direct the dollars to what works. What did the evidence tell you would help get the most equitable outcomes for the people being served? So once you've built the evidence, you've defined the evidence, you can then use levers such as federal grant requirements. You can require the use of evidence-based approaches by all award recipients and set aside a portion of program funding for evidence-based interventions or award preference points to applications that propose evidence-based interventions. So let me give you an example of what that looks like in practice. So as I said, we started working with agencies back in 2013. AmeriCorps was among the first agencies to respond to the call and has increased its evidence-based grant making every year. So they work to prioritize evidence of effectiveness in their grant programs. So last year, 64% of AmeriCorps state and national grants went to programs backed by strong evidence. Now, what does that mean for the people that are being served. Well, this helped shift more money to programs that we know work, like the Minnesota Reading Corps, which according to multiple studies, improves reading skills for K through third grade students. So because preference points were used to direct dollars, that program with evidence of effectiveness received more funding from AmeriCorps, which allowed them to add more tutors and serve more students. So that's an example of how that looks in practice. And we've seen this in all of these agencies doing some of this work and having on the ground outcomes. Okay, great. And of course, there's been a lot of top-down focus on this issue as well. We've seen the White House lead on this. This year has made this year the year of evidence for action as part of all of these data-driven and evidence-based policymaking 
goals. Tell me, how have you seen that that focus help drive federal attention to the goals of the Evidence Act? Yeah, it's been a really great opportunity to really increase focus on evidence. The administration has put a strong focus on making sure that the best data and evidence is used to make decisions, particularly around creating equitable outcomes, recovering from the pandemic, improving job quality. For example, the Department of Education has really focused on using evidence to help teachers and researchers um, apply the best evidence-based interventions to help students recover from the impact of the pandemic and recover from learning loss. So there has been a strong focus on evidence. And one of the things that's been really great about the year of evidence is it's been an opportunity to increase the connection and collaboration among researchers, knowledge producers, and decision makers inside and outside of the federal government. So we need to make sure when we produce this really good information about what works, that it is connected to the levers in government to make sure we use that evidence to direct dollars, to direct program decisions, and and make sure it's really having an impact on the outcomes we want to see. So we have been able to come together and talk about how can we co-create new strategies to promote the consistent use of evidence and make sure it's really integrated into decision making. Okay, great. And it really does take a village to get all of this work done. There are a couple of positions in particular that come to mind here. Agency chief data officers for one, but there are some other supporting roles here. Of course, chief evaluation officers, equity officers, and statistical officers. How, from your perspective, do you see the best way for all of these officials to work together to coordinate and maximize their impact at their agencies? Yeah, I think that it is important to find the best way, but what is most important, I think, is what you just said, is that they do work as a team of experts. And that is what's really exciting is to see chief evaluation officers, equity officers, statistical officers really working together to share learning and to build, as we talked about a little earlier, that culture of evidence-based decision-making and to really make sure that the data that they are creating, that they are ensuring is equitable, that is gathered through the evaluations is making its way into decision-making. And so, like you said, that really does take everybody working together as a community of experts to ensure that this learning is driving decisions that will lead to better outcomes for families across the country. One fun example, exciting example that we saw this year came out of SAMHSA in the federal, in the 2022 federal standard. It shows a really positive impact of the Evidence Act on federal agencies' capacity to create a culture of learning and focus on results. As of 2022, all nine federal agencies are meeting the Evidence Act Phase 1 guidance focused on learning agendas, personnel, and planning. So if you look at the scorecard, those first two criteria, all of the agencies are meeting those criteria, which really focus on these teams you're talking about and the leadership it takes to sustain these teams. And SAMHSA this year created 
an evidence and evaluation board, and they regularly held agency-wide what they called data parties. And this really was focused on collaboratively improving the impact of their programs. So really coming together with this team to say, what have we learned and how can it improve our programs? I think sometimes that's the step that gets missed is we create the data, we create the evidence, but we don't connect it to improving the impact of programs. So that was really exciting to see that development. That was Nicole Dunn, the Vice President of Federal Policy and Results for America. We're going to take a short break, but we'll continue our conversation when we return. I'm Jory Heckman, and you're listening to All About Data on Federal News Network. Welcome back to All About Data. We're speaking with Nicole Dunn, the Vice President for Federal Policy at Results for America. It seems like the communication and the collaboration of those lessons learned and those best practices is really the name of the game here, that by letting the whole agency know what's going on, what's been done, and why it's important that you get the most buy-in from the agency and, and even people who may not be in the CDO office, but maybe, you know, frontline employees who are on a day-to-day basis generating the data or working with it in some way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you see this in all sorts of organizations across the private and public sector that the sharing of internal information and learning is a challenge. And so I think that it is important to uh, tackle this issue and that has been a focus of these agencies. And I think when the information that they're sharing is as powerful as the information they've collected through these learning agendas and evaluation plans, it's even more important that we make sure we're sharing this information. We really can improve the speed of progress of addressing some of these really critical challenges like learning loss, like improving job quality, if we have better information about what works and we use that information to direct the dollars intended to make progress. There's obviously a lot to be excited about with this scorecard and there's a lot of positive trends to see and be thankful for. But, you know, of course, there's obviously got to be some areas where more progress is most urgently needed. Where are some of those areas that you're tracking that progress would probably be needed in the coming year or two or so. This really needs to be an all hands on deck approach in order to make the progress we need to see to ensure that we do make improvements in early childhood and higher education, workforce development. We, you know, make our communities safer and enhance economic mobility. We need to, um, make sure that we continue to increase funding for evidence building, enhance policies to ensure that evidence is being used. So there are, you know, a handful of recommendations that we have that we're going to be really focused on over the next year. So, you know, first, of course, urging all federal agencies to use their existing authority to set aside. We recommend 1% of program funds for evidence building and calling on Congress to authorize 1% of programmatic funds for evidence building. It is so important to ensure that you evaluate the programs to make sure they are meeting 
the intended objectives and impacts and incentivize through federal legislation for federal agencies to use evidence of effectiveness as a criterion for awarding funds, like I gave some examples for a bit earlier. Another issue that I'm we're going to be really focused on and I think is urgent is fully funding the statewide longitudinal data system grant program and the workforce data quality initiative. We need to modernize data systems oriented and make sure they're oriented towards access. So we need to link data so that you can use data across systems. And we need to make sure that we can access that data and not just the program managers, but folks that want to make decisions about their own education and job decisions can have that. So, you know, we've made a lot of progress with the SLDS systems and they have a lot of great data, but they're not well linked across sectors. They're not well linked from pre-K to K through 12 to higher education to workforce. And if we could do that, we could make much better planning decisions in terms of program decisions, in terms of determining what programs work the best. But we could also help individual earners and learners make choices and plan and improve their own economic mobility. So we're going to be really focused on more integrated, secure, and timely um, data. Another area that we need to make sure is that we have dedicated funding for the early childhood and post-secondary sectors. So we don't currently have resources specifically to support their data systems. And if we want to see this comprehensive data system, we need to do that. I think another area that would support the use of ensuring evidence, using evidence of effectiveness in grant making would be to build the capacity of state and local governments to incentivize and use evidence in their grant making. So we need to make it easier for states to braid and blend federal funding from multiple programs to finance efficient integrated data infrastructure and use analytic capacity. We need to create common sense, simplified cost allocation approaches to encourage states to use existing federal funding streams to build their own data systems and incorporate education, workforce, health, and other relevant data to help them better serve their populations. Those are a few of the things that I, I think are really urgent. A couple of things that I'm really excited about is there is a resolution out that stems from recommendations from the Modernization Committee. And Rep Kilmer is leading a resolution to start a new commission on evidence-based policymaking. So I'm really excited about that commission and the opportunity it brings to highlight these issues in Congress. And there, there's a lot of exciting things going on with the new funding um, that came out last year with the American Rescue Plan funding really has a lot of great information about building capacity at the state and local level to use data and evidence. And the new bipartisan infrastructure law came with guidance from the Office of Management and Budget that really focuses guidance around ensuring outcomes and building evidence and evaluation in from the beginning, along with community engagement and everything else that goes along with that. Yeah, there's certainly a lot in the works for the year to come here. I do want to zero in very quickly on that House resolution you mentioned from Congressman Kilmer and the House Modernization Committee. 
can you just give us a little bit more information on what that resolution would bring about for Congress and lawmakers if it were to uh, come into focus here and, and actually pass? Yeah, I think that, you know, what you mentioned is a really exciting part of the commission is that it does focus on Congress and what Congress can do. It will continue to support the federal agencies. And, you know, there's one part of the resolution that talks about how Congress can encourage federal agencies to produce evidence of effectiveness for new major programs and reauthorizations. So that is consistent with the foundations of Evidence-Based Policymaking Act. But it also focuses on how Congress makes decisions and how they can increase the data expertise in Congress through data scientists and policy evaluation and in legislative drafting. So I think that's an exciting focus to think about how to think about Congress really digging in on how they can ensure we are focusing on directing dollars to what works through legislative action and policies in Congress. I think it's a great way to build on what has already been done, as you mentioned. This is certainly the time of year where from a news perspective, at least, we look back at the year that was and what was accomplished here. The scorecard, of course, does capture some of that. But to look more broadly at what has been accomplished and made possible this year, is there anything else that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, I think one thing I'd really like to highlight was the U.S. Treasury guidance that came out around the $350 billion for the American Rescue Plan focused on state and local governments. And that guidance defined evidence of effectiveness for the first time in a federal recovery package. And it really increased the capacity of state and local governments to build evidence and use data to make these really important decisions about how best to help their recover from the pandemic and address long-standing inequities in their communities and, and in the structures of programs. So I think that that was a really exciting development this year and we'll continue to see progress made at the state and local level because of that guidance. That was Nicole Dunn, the Vice President of Federal Policy at Results for America. You can find more episodes of All About Data on federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Jory Heckman, and thanks for listening to this episode of All About Data. Thanks for listening to All About Data on Federal News Radio, part of Federal News Network. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your favorite podcast app. Search for All About Data on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.